Hello and welcome back to season four. We are now in 2024. Thank God. Goodbye, 2023. You were you were something. Um, but we are in 2024. I wanted to start today's or this year's uh, episodes with this episode because it's a really great planning tool to really kick off your business this year if you want to make any changes to your marketing, to your branding, um, to your ideal customer that you are targeting. This episode is for you. I just wanted to jump on before the episode starts and warn you that the first six minutes or so, the audio is a little sketchy. Um, stick with it. It's a great episode. There's some really amazing content and it does get better. The first, uh, I'll tell you the story real quick. We we recorded this just before the holidays. Stuff was crazy. I had to record part in my car. The computer was dying. The Wi-Fi was terrible. I had to drive to a different location to get a charger. It was an absolute nightmare, but we finished the episode. I think it's really great. I think there's a ton of really wonderful content in there for you. And uh, we're a little late posting because as you can probably hear, I have been uh, you know, cleansing out 2023 with a lot of illness. <laughs> the beginning of 2024, getting rid of all that bad energy from 2023. So anyways, here we are. Here's the episode. I hope you love it. Uh, if you do love it, please rate and review, share with your friends, and thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Britt Wright, and this podcast is for creative entrepreneurs on fire. You're listening to season four, where we're going to give you inspiration to fuel your creativity actionable steps to further your business success, and major aha moments from the amazing guests we have lined up. I am so excited that you're here. Thank you for listening. Now let's begin. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that we talk about all things business here with a little bit of woo-woo thrown in. So what we're doing at the moment is we are creating a very robust, amazing course for designers. And this course is going to teach you how to run your own business. And it's going to get down into the absolute nitty gritty that we just can't cover on the podcast. So if you're interested in learning how to run your business efficiently and become a profitable, happy designer, please get on the wait list. The link is in this episode show notes. We are launching in early 2024. Today on the CEO podcast, I have Tanya Eberhardt and Michael Carr. We are joined by them, two international best-selling authors and hosts of the Be Bold Branding podcast. Together, they are partners in Brandface, where they have helped thousands of coaches, creators, and experts build profitable personal brands that help them change how they're seen and charge what they're worth. Join us as we dive into their journey. Thank you so much for being here, and this is exactly what our audience needs today. So tell me a little bit about yourselves and where you come from. You bet. Th thank you for having yeah, us, Britt. <laughs> so we're both located just outside of Atlanta, about 45 minutes north of Atlanta. I actually grew up about an hour from here. Uh, we grew up, we were 50, 40, about 45 minutes apart our whole lives for the most part and never met until about 11 years ago when Michael became my client first and then became a co-author and then became a partner in the company. So that that's how that journey worked. But um, my own career started in the radio world um, and I realized that I needed to change the way I presented myself if I wanted people to perceive me differently because 
as soon as I got into the radio world, I was very young and people were slamming doors in my face and I thought, well, this isn't going to work. So I began to position myself uniquely in that space. And once I realized, holy cow, this works so well for me, then I started to bring my clients into the studio and do the same thing with them. And that led to Brandface uh, being born in 2013. Amazing. Yeah, I uh, my my background is totally different. I I'm from um, uh, the auction world, and so I I came out of high school. I had a chance to be an engineer. I told my mom I didn't want to be an engineer. I wanted to be an auctioneer, and she cried and wondered how I eat. And um, and we laugh about that now. But um, about six months out of high school, I just went out on my own and been responsible for my own paycheck ever since. Um, my mentor told me to get my real estate license and so I can make a little extra money. And I did that, but I was pretty much a circuit auctioneer for automobiles equipment and then like farm sales on the weekends, uh, around the Southeast. But when the mortgage debacle, what I call a mortgage debacle hit, um, and was starting like 2006, 2007, I teamed up with a company out of Irvine, California, uh, that was predominantly auctioning off real estate, like raw land across the United States. And we went after the Bear Stearns residential portfolio and got it. And we auctioned off about 75% of those uh, houses. And so I ended up being involved in uh, well over 100,000 residential transactions and personally auctioned off uh, well over 60 of those and brokering the rest. And um, then I, when we were done with that, cleaning up the mess, I came back to my small hometown, still very young, wondering what, what, what am I gonna do? I've always been this entrepreneur. I need to do something, I have my own portfolio here. So uh, one of the agents that I had worked with in buying a piece of property from my portfolio said, let's open up a brokerage. And I said, okay, I'll do it if you'll help me. And she did. And, but then about two months after that, she's like, our marketing stinks. And you need to meet my niece, which ended up being Tanya. And then I, I kept putting it off and putting it off. I was still traveling. I still was putting my time between California and here and Seattle. And then, um, and so finally I get this call from Tanya and she's like, I don't know if you're supposed to call me or I'm supposed to call you, but I'm calling, I'm Tanya. I can help you with your marketing. And I thought that was what I was after anyway. But Britt, I was very mean to her. I, I was like, listen, I've had four others just like you, and I don't need another one. And her response was, you've never seen or met anybody like me and never had anybody before me. And I know what I'm doing. And so finally, I hired her to do that. Uh, and I thought that she was bringing me marketing for my company. She brought me branding, and it changed everything, which I know is the subject of our conversation today, digging into that. But I, I just want the audience to know that I am a quintessential client. Yeah, your proof. The proof is in the pudding. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The proof is in the partner, actually. There you That's go. Right. I like that, Britt. So, so tell me the difference then. Let's start there. What is the difference between marketing and branding? So our definition of branding versus marketing is pretty simplified. So we look at marketing as utilizing different channels, marketing channels or platforms to get a message and image out to your prospect. But your brand is that message and image that goes into that marketing channel. And so that is what makes all the difference. And that's where people always, you know, you always hear, oh, my marketing's terrible. It didn't work. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. And it's like, well, no, it's not the marketing channel most likely unless, you know, unless you have it 
dialed in incorrectly and your ideal customer is not on the other side of that marketing channel, um, most of the time it's actually the brand that's causing the problem. Got it. So if we were to kind of make that very simple in layman's terms, if you're not speaking somebody's language, they're they're not going to understand your marketing, whether or not it's decent or not, right? Agreed. Yes. Okay. You know, it's not gonna, they're not, it's not gonna sink in for sure. Exactly. You're not gonna get anything across because they can't understand it. And also maybe even deeper than that, if they can't connect to it. So you want to be able to have something that people can connect to and feel something in order to market it to them. Yeah, it needs to be compelling. It needs to be significant to the ideal customer. It needs to be meaningful. Um, and if and it and also needs to have some type of a call to action. So if if all of those things are present and you've really got that dialed in, you know exactly who it is you're talking to and you're utilizing that marketing tool or platform correctly with your branding elements infused into it, then you've got a you know, then you've got it lined up perfectly. Okay. So if people were going to start this from scratch, if they'd never thought about this before, I mean, speaking about creating an ideal client is something a lot of people throw around, but where can people start if they aren't sure even, you know, what the first step is for what that looks like? Okay. Well, we actually have a formula that we created about a decade ago. We call it the heap code and we'll be glad to walk you through it if you'd like. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so I'll take the H in the formula and, um, it's heap is, is an acronym H E A P like a whole heap of new clients. Let's think of it that way. So the H is simply someone you can truly help. And that's where it all begins, because if you can help somebody, then your marketing, if dialed in properly, is really going to resonate with helping that person. But think about, have you been through something that your prospect is going through now? You came through it unscathed. You came through it okay, and now you're going to teach them how to do it. Are you in the same phase of life? Are you experiencing some of the same challenges? And Do you have some of the same goals? So if so, if you have that expertise and you can really help that person, that would be step number one. Okay. Yeah, and the, the second is somebody you enjoy working with. And so, and I want to say this um preceding the age, right? Um, if you have listeners out there that are saying, hey, I, I'm young and I'm just getting started and I don't really have any of these past clients or experiences, then look, just imagine who you want to work with because they're out there, all right? So help is somebody, H is somebody you can help. E is somebody you enjoy working with, all right? So look back at the other deals that you've done, the other teams you've been on, the work that you've already got experience in and, and identify that ideal customer that you enjoyed the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's that. That's a big difference because if you enjoy, as Michael says, you know, it, um, it's what what is it about dancing with ugly oh, yeah, personalities? Life, yeah, life's, life's short. short. To dance with ugly personalities, <laughs> like you know, get away from the negativity as fast as possible. And we all that's have right. clients that are negative and clients that we're like, oh man, you know. I, now I, I I still say everybody, you know, stay in touch you know, with your clients, so you don't hate your money. Right. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, you can attract more of the, what you like and more like what, what you work for. And then you're invigorated about going to work. And, exactly. and so that's the whole purpose of it. Look for somebody, those clients that you enjoy the most. Yeah. And speaking of invigoration, the A to me is what invigorates me. People who appreciate what you have to offer, because you could be working with somebody you can truly help 
you enjoy working with them because they're a lot of fun and they'll go through the process. But if they don't really appreciate you, in other words, if you turn around and they've hired another person that does exactly what you do, or they're getting advice from their friends about branding and their friends have no idea what branding is all about, then they don't appreciate the expertise that you bring to the table. So that's, there's a lot to be said in working with somebody who really appreciates you because and from that standpoint, you'll get a lot more referrals as well. Absolutely. Yes. yes. You get that, that word of mouth. And there's a lot more of these than you might imagine, right? So even if your yeah. past experience has been, well, I, you know, I've been in business for two years and I've only seen one person appreciate what I do. There's more. So keep the hope, <laughs> right? And then the P of course is profit. Right. Well, profit is not a bad word. There's no there's no problem with making profit or we got to make profit. You got to make money on your friends. Your enemies aren't going to buy from you. Right. You got it. So profit is a very good thing. Obviously, you just have to provide more in value and quantitative value in their minds than they're paying. Outside of that, you charge whatever you want. And so look for those people that are profitable in the space that you're wanting to be in um, because they're out there, too. Okay. I love that. That's fantastic. And that really breaks it down nice and simple and allows people to maybe plug in some different ideas that they have into those spaces and expand on them. If um, there's a lot to be said, or there's a lot of people that talk about creating a, you know, an ideal client avatar, is that something that you believe in or not? Because I've, I've heard kind of both sides to it and I'd love to know your opinion. Yes, actually, I do simply because it's a lot easier to envision when you're marketing to somebody. If you can market to that one ideal person, then granted, you know, 80 to 90% of what you're saying is going to appeal to anybody in their circumference, anybody that's almost like them even. So I love looking at that and not just the demographics of that, like the age and the education and, you know, uh, the price of the home or the neighborhood or the state or the city or any of those things is really more about the psychographics and the, and the attributes to me. Mm -hmm. So what, what kinds of, pet peeves do they have? Uh, what do they do when they're not working? Um, you know, what do they value out of life? You know, those kind of things are really important to know when you're marketing to somebody. So the ideal avatar is spot on to me. Uh, I will say this though. Um, it's very hard for a lot of people to really dial into just one. And the truth is most of us have a primary and a secondary. Okay. And so I identify the primary as kind of like that low hanging fruit. They know there's a problem. They know you're the one or the services you provide will most likely help them with that problem. And those people have been thinking about hiring somebody like you, or they're actively looking for somebody like you. So that's what I call the primary. They know it you've got the answer, right? The secondary is somebody that has the problem that you can help solve. They really don't know that you can help them solve that problem. They may think the problem is something else. So they're this close to being primary. And so that to me can make a really good secondary because as long as you're educating with your brand as well, then you're teeing those secondaries up to become primaries. So, so it's a little bit more involved than just choosing one person to speak to. I like to look at it that way. I love that. I hadn't thought about it like that before. And I think that makes so much sense because you, you know, we talk about creating content. That's, you know, the buzzword right now, right? We're trying to right. reach more people by creating value. And 
if people already know they want to work with us, that value probably won't go quite as far because they're like, yeah, yeah, I already know you do beautiful. Like I'm using myself as an example. Right. I'm an interior designer. You already do beautiful projects. I know you can handle that. Um, you know, I'm just not ready. I don't have a project, you know, that I'm wanting to do right at this moment, but there are people that do have a project they want to do right at this moment. And they might just not understand that you're there or really fully understand what you bring to the table. So that constant content creation is actually for that secondary ideal client. Yes. You okay. got it. Beautiful. I love it that. Is. And if I could piggyback on that, Britt, it's sure. also, it's also people get caught up with when you start niching in or building an avatar or whatever, people get caught up in, well, you know, I, won't I work with anybody that's got a paycheck? If we, I want to identify for the listeners we're talking about where you're going to spend your money and your time attracting people. Yes, of course. If somebody calls you out of the blue off a referral, whatnot, and you can decide if you're going to make so. So when we talk about niching in, it, the suit isn't sewn so tight we can't wear it. In the words of my grandfather, right? So uh, I, I like for the listeners to understand that. Yeah, of course, your your reputation is going to grow, and people are going to pass your name, and you're going to grow into stuff like that. But when we're identifying who our ideal customer is and our second ideal customer is, this is where you're going to infuse your brand directing at those people, and and letting that growth come uh, or organically after you're attracting that because you don't want to be spending your money in lost causes. Right. And, and that's the most important, I think the most important business attribute of utilizing your brand. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about the, how to kind of identify what your ideal client looks like, how to build them, what types of ideal clients we have. And the next step I think would be to switch over and talk about the brand. So how do you even start to understand what your brand is as an entrepreneur? Maybe you've just started your business. Maybe you've been working for corporate for a while and now you're, uh, you know, you're doing your own thing. Where do you begin? Okay. So that's another formula that we created about a decade ago. And honestly, it's because when I first got into the personal branding space exclusively, I'd been doing it my whole life, just a common thread through everything I had done in the media world. But when Brandface was born and we exclusively uh, focused on personal branding, one of the things I noticed was you'd hear a lot of people being interviewed about personal branding and they would say things like, well, just be yourself, just be unique. I mean, be authentic, post personal things about yourself. And I thought none of that is telling me how to build a personal brand. So we created the formula and um, we call it the 3D freedom formula because it allows you the freedom to build the brand authentically, to build the brand you want to attract the people you want to have the life and business that you want. So um, it, the 3D process is define, develop, and display. Super simple. And I'm going to walk you through it real quick. So the define uh, phase of the process is really a couple of things. You're defining those ideal customers. So that's where your heap code would come in and you would really define that primary and secondary. Then you would look at next your points of differentiation. And I say points with an S because every human being doesn't have just one, they have multiple points of differentiation. And that's where we look at it and we come in with that magic formula, if you will. 
to say, okay, the magic formula of how to position yourself in your space uniquely, make, make sure that you're differentiating yourself is that number one, you've got to figure out which of those points of differentiation are going to appeal to and be significant to your ideal customer. So that's kind of like the magic bridge. So for instance, if we were to say, okay, your point of differentiation as an interior designer is that you're inexpensive. Okay. And I know you're not, so, because <laughs> nobody wants that, right? Is that you're inexpensive, but your ideal customers don't care about that. They want to hire the very best. They want the posh, right? They want all the really good stuff. So what you're marketing on is a point of differentiation that doesn't meet your ideal customer's needs or desires. And so that's a bridge to nowhere, right? So, so we look to connect those two things and that's where the magic formula comes in that tells us how to position our clients uniquely in that space. So that's what we do in the define phase. Cool. That's amazing. In the I, development. Yes. Tell me the next no, part. Go, I'm like, that's okay. only two Ds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well, that's then, one. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's the first one. Then, then development's the second part, right? So now we've got to develop the rest of what the world sees about you, right? And so this is where we're going to get into imaging. This is where we're going to get into background images, uh, photo shoots that that portray what you were wanting, your messaging that 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 talks to your ideal customer about why they should do business with you, how that's going to make their life better, right? Which is very important that you that you get across. So the the with the definition is like deciding the title of the book, and and then the development of it is the rest of the book, right? Chapter after chapter. And so because when you lead everybody to all of your um, to to all of your website and, and everywhere else you're going to show up. They need to know the why and they need to know it really quickly because we live in a world where, you know, eight seconds and you've lost them. And so we we really build that out. We spend a lot of time in the development phase. Um, and uh, anything else that I missed? Yeah, in? nope. You get logos. That's where logos, logos fall in. Any okay. kind of visuals or messaging. Any visuals that. that's going to be a part of it. So those yeah. little then, tidbits that grab your attention right away, that's all in development. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. what's interesting, you know, people, sure. and I, I was no different, okay? So I'm not throwing a stone. Uh, but but people get caught up on the logo and they're like, oh, my logo's got to be good. My logo's got to be good. Look, your logo should be good and your logo needs to be good, but you can't, you'll never make a dollar off a logo ever. Nobody ever has, nobody ever will. They're, they are important and we all want the Nike swoosh, but you know, even Nike couldn't make the Nike swoosh famous until Michael Jordan. So you got to have, like, you got to have a driver. The, the logo itself is not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's the development. And then the final phase is as display. And so now what we do is we take all the messaging that sets you apart, that articulates what differentiates you in your space. Then you have all the imagery, the logos, the photos, the colors, the background images, all of those kind of things. And you make sure those are infused into your marketing materials. So infused into your website, all of your social channels on a very consistent basis, anything you do collateral wise, you know, collateral materials, any type of marketing you do, you should now have every single piece and part that goes into that marketing. And that's the display. And so define your ideal customers and your point of differentiation to position yourself, develop all the messaging and all the imagery that articulates that, um, position and then display that everywhere. Amazing. If we were going to start to think about 
how we want other people to see us. Are you more of the mindset that it should be more of an authentic feeling or are you of the mindset that we should be building towards what we want people to see? That's actually a good question. Mm -hmm. um, if I understand it correctly, mm -hmm. I let me answer it like this. And if I don't answer it, then uh, you get on to me. Okay. But I mean, authentic <laughs> authentication is everything. Like we have to be authentic to who we are. Uh, like, because if we try to portray something that you're not people, you know, like one of, one of the best, uh, uh, really one of the best campaigns that I've ever seen is when, um, and now I can't think of it, but when, when uh, it was, I think it was Hertz, and they were number two in the space for rental and cars Avis. and Avis was number one and Hertz admitted that we're number two <laughs> and we want your business. We're number two. We try harder. I think it was we, the other I, way around. It might've been the other way around. Yeah. I might've had them flipped. Um, it, but you know, the, they became the dominant in it because they were honest, right? It, they didn't come out and say, we're, we're the best. That's subjective, right? They said, we're, we're number two and we're, we're going to work harder. And, uh, and people really resonated with that. And they would do the same for you if you're honest and open about it. You know, I think that there's an automatic, and I think it's gotten worse over the years, thank goodness, there's an automatic distrust to the social media campaigns and programs, right? Like I saw this guy the other day come through my Facebook feed again, and he's standing beside the, the private jet. He's like 19 years old. He's got his girlfriend with him beside him. And, and you know, like... I, he may be the most successful person in the world. He may be making millions a day. I don't know, but that's sort of old hat. You know what I mean? Because nobody believes it. And they're all like, you know, even yeah. if you did have that, you probably wouldn't be bragging yeah. about it. You know what I mean? Because somebody's going to want to ride. And, <laughs> and so, you know, I think that we have to be honest. Uh, and then when that is very attractive to people, you know, that's that's because people are all people. We're all the same, right? We have the same fears, same drive, same wants, same uh, hurt, same pains. Like, you know, we're all in a hard battle in some way, shape or form. And being authentic to that is very important. Um, now, that doesn't mean you can't dress for the success you want and where, you know, dress for the job you want, mm -hmm. the job you have. I do think and I do believe in elevation to that and how people out there perceive you. It just has to be honest that it, it can't be that people are smart. They'll yeah. sniff it out. Mark B. OK, yeah. so there's a there's a component of fake it till you make it without being at the point where you're no longer authentic to your truth and to where you are in your business and where you can actually yes. connect authentically with your client. Yeah. yeah do it until yeah. you make it. That's, exactly. that's it. Do yes. it until you make it. Yeah. You Put your may best brand face forward, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I love the plug. Yes. That was right. good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it is, it is putting your best face forward because you can be too transparent, right? Mm -hmm. But even people that are too transparent attract somebody. <laughs> they're attracting the people that believe in them and really want to work with them. So I believe in dressing for success. Like Michael said, dress for success, but be real about who you are. Okay. For somebody starting out, how much would you recommend that they invest in branding and marketing off the, like off the hop when they're starting out? Is there like a percentage or a formula around that? That's okay. A great, that's a great question. I'll let you answer that. Okay. Thank you. I was hoping okay. you would. Because let me tell you uh, the, the why. 
right? So when I when I started the real estate company here, the Arms Link Transaction Brokerage, right? The boutique brokers that I have and run every day now, off of brand face principles, I had a very good friend, like a billionaire, okay? And so I'm sitting on his back porch, um, looking over the Pacific Ocean, and I asked him the very question you just asked me, thinking there was going to be a percentage. And his answer, I said, how much should my firm this size be spending in on marketing? And he said, all of it. That was his answer. I, and I said, that's your answer? All of it? Like, I'm supposed to take this now and make millions and billions of dollars, right? Did you make millions and billions of dollars spending all of it? Apparently not, right? So here's what I learned from Tanya, though. When I What I learned from Tanya and has proved true over and over and over again is that you can infuse your brand one handshake at a time. But you do it. My grandfather said, pass out 10 cards a day. You'll never go hungry. It's still a principle that is absolutely true no matter what business that you are in. And if that branding is in every human being that you meet and you shake your hand with, with your elevator pitch and, you know, signature sound bites, you're part of your bio. Why do you do what you do? If you have that at the cusp and then you have a great branded card or B card or any other medium to get them to, to show the rest of the story, then you are building your brand every impression. Every impression. Tanya says one impression at a time. Yeah. Brands aren't built over because a lot of people say, hey, it doesn't it take a long time to really build a brand to become recognizable out there. It's like, well, if you're trying to be globally recognizable, yes, it does. But if you're trying to be recognizable in a very specific niche or space or even geographic area, it really brands aren't built over time. You know how I know that? Because if I build an amazing, beautiful brand for you today and you do nothing with it over the next five years, guess where you're going to be over? in the next five years. Five years from now, you're going to be sitting there saying, I'm not, I, my marketing doesn't work, right? What's mm -hmm. happening? <laughs> so yeah. they aren't built over time. Brands are built over every single impression. Every time you shake a hand, every time somebody's exposed to your website, every time they see a post on social media, every time they receive an email, every time they receive something with your branding elements on it, that's another impression to build your brand. And here's a caveat, though. Uh, I want to I want to say this is very important. OK, so when we talk about the display, you would think, yeah, common sense. Right. It, it blows our mind how, how people don't do it like, they're gonna, oh, well, sure. you know, with this particular social media feeds for this and this website for this and this. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. You have to be consistent all the time about it. Here's the reason why, because you there is there will come a day and a time to your the second part of your question that you ask us that that you will need to decide what your marketing budget is mm -hmm. and to decide what that marketing budget is you need to see how that marketing works and if you don't have a brand dialed in and you do not stick to that brand consistently over a modicum of time you cannot judge results but if you will do that, then you will begin to see usually about 90 days in and then for the rest of your business life, you will see your ecosystem grow. And if you put it in a pie chart, you're going to see, oh, I got I got X calls off of this. I didn't get any calls off of this. Scratch that expense. Put it over here. This one's working. Oh, this one's not working anymore, but I noticed this one's working in this quarter. Okay, let me move money back over here. And when you start to do that, you build. And that's where you get the ROI on your marketing. Yeah. But if if you do marketing without a brand, then you're liable to have this over here in this platform message, and then this message over here in this platform. You've got no, you're you're judging apples and oranges. You're not judging apples and apples. 
And so it's that's why consistency in the display part is very, very important. And, and over just a very short, brief amount of time, you're going to be able to see what works and what doesn't. And I see this mistake happen. I made it 20 years before I met her. And I just thought you just spend a bunch of money on advertising and hope the phone rang. So, Michael, you were talking about dividing up our marketing budget into different kind of buckets of where to spend and then being able to compare how those pieces of your marketing are actually working against each other, which I think a lot of people don't understand the importance of doing like A-B testing and seeing where the market's actually responding so that you can actually siphon off more of your budget into those areas and get a better return on your investment. So is there anything else you wanted to add to that piece of the puzzle for how to allocate your marketing budget? And I think we were going to, I don't know if you um, had mentioned a percentage that you should invest or if there's some kind of formula or just recommendation you guys would have for that? Um, yeah, what I can add to it is th there should be a percentage. And what my friend was really saying in a sort of smart aleck way and a way to made you think and by saying spend all of it is that you should grow into spending all of it, right? So, um, you know, th there's a thousand formulas you can look at based on the size of your company. Is it 7%? Is it 12? Is it 15? Is it 25? And I think that that's so unique to different industries that you have to decide where, what that's going to be for you, but it has to be something. And I also know that you you don't need to be stagnant about that. So don't just say I want to do seven percent and I'm and then never again give seven more than seven percent. You don't want to do that. If you want to scale your business and grow your business after you build the brand, then you start spending the marketing dollars. Then you build the ecosystem that tells you what is working, and then you start feeding that machine. And then at the end of that, you're going to have to balance obviously workload, uh, promises to clients, you know, making sure that you under promise over deliver and how many, how many employees you need to be able to do that. So I'm reluctant to give an actual percentage, but start at what you can afford. And then with the mindset that you're going to figure out what works and grow it. But if you don't build that brand first, that has that consistent message that you stick to, you're going to fail at that part of the growth forever. I think that's really important advice. And once people kind of find whatever that magic formula is or where their money is working, how fast or how how long do you typically see it takes for somebody to actually see a return on investment on their marketing that they're paying for? Okay, so so I can tell you this from the branding perspective, okay? So uh, and I'll I'll share this story to best articulate that. But I will tell you that I've heard this story over and over again. So I get a call one day about a year and a half into Brandface. Um, and it's this lady that we were working with in upstate New York. And she said, Tanya, I, I know I'm calling you on your personal phone. I'm so sorry. It's like, don't worry. Tell me what's going on. And she said, I just am so excited. I had to give you a call. She said, I know we're only like maybe two weeks into the branding process and all I've got is my brand identifier and my elevator pitch. She said, but I want you to know I've been going out and introducing myself, just saying, this is who I am. This is what I do. And she said, people's eyes are opening and they look at me and they say, wow, that's what you do. That's exactly where I am in my life right now. 
And instantly there's that connection where I call it, um, you were made for me connection. Okay. So, so when you are exposed to somebody's brand in some way, and you feel like that brand was made, that, that solution was made just for you, it's that instant connection. And so we've literally seen people before their brand is even fully built capitalize on that. Let me tell you who she was and what actually happened with that. She was a real estate agent, had been in real estate 21 years. I'll never forget this story. Mm -hmm. In 21 years, even though she was surrounded by high dollar homes, she had never sold a million dollar home in her life. That was the million dollar home. Wow. And so that is just to articulate what is possible when you start introducing yourself to the right people, the people that you know are in that, you know, primary or secondary ideal customer framework. And you have taken the time to brand yourself in something that is unique and it is authentic and it is meaningful to them. Then sometimes all it takes is one handshake and one introduction. Other times it can take six weeks, you know, um, for, before you actually see the first, thing that you can capitalize on that you can say, okay, that brought me money, right? The other thing I want to leave you with is that when we say to people, they say, okay, well, how much can I expect to make off of my new brand? And I say all of it. Okay. And, and it's kind of like tongue, tongue in cheek, like Michael's friend was saying to him, but it actually is true. And here's how I know that your brand is infused into every bit of your marketing. So your brand, if you, if your marketing starts to work for you, right, then you know, the brand is correct. Now you're just looking at where, which tools you're using is my ideal customer. Do they really read the daily newspaper? Are they really listening to these podcasts? Are they really on Instagram or TikTok or, or LinkedIn, whatever that is, then you'll know that the location matches up, but it's that message that's so important that really syncs with people and gets people to feel like you were made for them. I really like that. And I don't know how, uh, how woo woo you guys are, but to me, that sounds like kind of hitting your frequency or getting yourself to the frequency that you want to attract. And then as soon as you get your branding, I'm kind of thinking of branding as that frequency. So you want to elevate your branding and your messaging and what you believe about your business to a certain degree in order to attract those clients, but you have to be on the same level. And that's the point where you hit that, like made yeah. for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. There's, there's a, there's definitely this energy connection there, exactly. right? Then you feel that when it's, when it's right, you feel it. I think people maybe don't think about branding in that way, but to me, it, it does create a bit of excitement and it gets me almost reinvigorated in my business. If I'm feeling a little stale or a little stuck or whatever that might be, I find if I focus on branding or just even like revamping something or making a few tweaks, it always kind of boosts my morale in my business. And maybe that's something people can think about too, when they're starting to think about branding, if they are feeling like kind of icky or stuck and especially going into the new year, like we're recording this quite cl close to the holidays. So going into the new year, maybe that's something people can focus on is just like a refresh, like a little, a little, uh, you know, boost for your business to get yourself onto that level to hit and really connect with your ideal customers. Yeah, I, I agree with that a thousand percent. Like any, anything, a business, a organization, a church, a, a ball club, it, it is all built on energy and, and your, your branding hitting the right people. Um, it, it, they're happier. 
they're invigorated. They're telling people about how good you are. You feel good about what you do. You're doing more of it in your marketing, using and, and utilizing your brand. It's, there's definitely a truth to that spirit causing the growth and the excitement that, that you know we all are looking for. Because then you're, mm-hmm. you're, you know what you do when you go to work. You're excited about it. You know, it's just like, ah, oh, what do I got to do today? Or I got it. It's not like that at all. Yeah. 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 You're excited about what you're putting out. And then therefore mm-hmm. people are excited about what they're receiving. So yeah, hey, I love it. Well, yeah. put. cool. I really like that. So please let us know, like, how can people work with you? Where can they listen to your podcast? Give us all of the good details. You got it. Okay. The podcast name is Be Bold Branding. And uh, you can find out everything you need to know at brandfacestar.com, brandfacestarstar.com. Awesome. I'll link both of those in the show notes as well. And if anybody wants to work with you guys one-on-one, is that something you still offer? Are you more uh, like kind of large scale coaching? Yeah. So we have several different options available, but everything comes down to one-on-one. So in other words, if you go through our uh, our process of building a brand, you'll be meeting with me at times. You'll be meeting with other people on our team that specialize in other things at times. For instance, a stylist, we have brand face stylists on staff that meet with people before their photo shoots to help them prepare for that. And uh, personal guides that help walk you through every step of the journey. So we try to keep it to as few people as possible so that, so that it makes it much more stress-free and seamless for the people that we work with, but we're dealing with specialists every step of the way. So, so it's, it's, it's a beautiful journey. And, and I, I would invite everybody to do it before 2020 or do it going into 2024, because 98% of people will actually meet your brand before they meet you. Interesting. Very cool. And do you specialize in a specific uh, category, like you've spoken a lot about realtors throughout this podcast. Do you specialize in realtors or do you have, um, any kind of niche that you guys work with? Yeah, actually, uh, real estate is, is one of our ideal customers. The other is coaches and consultants. And so we work a lot with coaches and consultants. Yeah. Anybody that's an author, podcaster, speaker, coach, kind of seeking that authority, uh, and leadership, position, uh, expert and authority. That's definitely, uh, the people that we specialize in. Fantastic. You know, is there anything else you wanted to add before we close up today? No, I just want to say a long time ago, somebody sent me a LinkedIn post or a LinkedIn message. And they said, Tanya, make me a star, right? Because it's brain face and it's all about kind of being face forward. Right. And without even thinking at all, I just sent him a message back that says, look, Bill, we don't, make stars, we unveil them. And I want to leave saying everybody has a star inside of them, everyone. And we have the pleasure and the great blessing to help unveil those for a lot of people throughout the world. And, and I want everybody to know, embrace yours this year and let's unveil it together. I love that. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Brett.